Percy, does the faith community sometimes suffer in silence needlessly because it won't access available clinical pathways that can help? You know, Wayne, unfortunately so. Yes, it does. There is still some conflict in the minds of people of faith that seeking and utilizing clinical pathways somehow nullifies one's faith with God and thus becomes paralyzed from pursuing appropriate clinical action. We really need to have this discussion today and try to turn the tide on that mindset. We're going to hear from a spiritual leader and a community mental health advocate who shares her personal story and clarion call for self-awareness. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. As we begin today, we here at Health, Hope, and Inspiration are excited to announce that City of Hope, one of the largest and most respected cancer research, treatment, and prevention organizations in the United States, and its original sponsor and creator, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, CTCA, are now one. With more locations and more access to patients than ever before, City of Hope will continue to expand the faith-sensitive, compassionate care that has always characterized the CTCA model. With City of Hope, people of faith will still experience the same exceptional patient care, now with access to a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, who is Director of Underserved Communities, including Faith Communities, at City of Hope. My name is Wayne Shepherd, And Percy, we've got a discussion today about uh, we all need a physician, right? We do. We absolutely do. And we're going to continue to uh, beat this drum with regard to uh, creating an awareness in the faith community specifically of accessing appropriate health care and not shying away from that and not confusing that with walking by faith, for sure. Yeah. Now, if you're with us for the last episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, you heard that Percy was uh, on the road at a conference of black churches and uh, talked with Bishop John Sheard. Well, today you're going to have another conversation that comes from that conference, right? Absolutely. This was another panelist. There were several panels there and just several tremendous speakers. And uh, Reverend Dr. Q English was one of those speakers who I stood in line and I, I waited patiently until I could get to her and waited all day for her time to be released to me. Well, why, so why we did, let her. me stop there right there and ask you why. Did you know her ahead of time? No, I knew none of these folks. I have not been uh, introduced to any of them. And again, these are very high level, uh, high profile uh, spiritual faith leaders uh, in the in the faith community accordingly. So I'm meeting people, you know, for the very first time, just off of my my charm and you know and my wit. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and it's, and, and, Who wouldn't uh, want to talk to Pastor P? <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, you want to have a conversation with me, right? And so, uh, in doing so, yeah, introducing myself and 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 the organization that I represent, City of Hope. Uh, to say, listen, can we sit down and have a conversation? And would you be willing to go on record and record some things with regard to the content uh, of topic that we've been talking about? And she was very gracious and very kind. And this particular uh, conversation was driven around burnout of, of faith leaders and, and the fact of what happened from COVID-19, how many faith leaders and pastors basically quit or got out of the ministry altogether or emotionally or physically could not function any longer because of the effects of COVID. It was very interesting. So you heard Dr. English speak on a panel, 
and you thought to yourself, this is somebody that we need to bring to our listeners, right? Yes, absolutely. Particularly given some of her own personal testimony, she was very candid about uh, dynamics of health and wellness with family members. She grew up in a household with denial about healthcare related issues uh, because, you know, we were people of faith. And she said how that was just detrimental to many members of her family. Her sister passed away from cancer, who basically uh, did not initially want to receive medical care and treatment. So she was very candid from a personal perspective and from a professional perspective. All right. We're going to meet this woman here coming up on Health, Hope, and Inspiration after I remind you that that website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, is the place to go to download our featured resource, Knowledge is Power. More about that in a few minutes. Knowledge is Power at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Why don't you launch us off with some scripture? I'm going to read a very interesting scripture, and I'm going to kind of, uh, you know, fit it into the context of this conversation a little bit. And it's Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 23. And it kind of speaks to, to me, the mindset of, in some cases, of of faith leaders and and the dynamic that comes with dealing with uh, their own issues and how do they address them. Luke 4, 23 says this, and Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, do you hear in your own hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum? And the dynamic of this scripture that speaks to me is, and this is what came out of the conference and out of this particular panel discussion, was pastors and spiritual leaders who basically had to come to terms with that they couldn't heal themselves, that they couldn't, you know, they were trying to insulate themselves and just kind of power through and just kind of trust God and make and everything was going to be okay. And and one of the leaders of this discussion talked candidly about how he had to take a sabbatical. We'll hmm. talk more about it. Okay. And how he was very, he had to become very honest with the fact that he no longer could maintain himself. He needed to go find some help to support him through a process of mental, emotional, and physical breakdown. And we're going to meet our guest here in just a moment. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope with locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona. City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's learn more now as Percy sat down at the conference to meet a very special guest. Let's join them. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I'm back again with you with another compelling conversation. And I am here on the floor, actually, at uh, the Conference of National Black Churches, and with all of bishops, leaders uh, from six major denominations, and thought leaders, and leaders in health and government, talking about all things relevant uh, with regard to health, faith, spirituality, 
And I have a special person that I want to introduce to the conversation today here. Her name is Reverend Q English, and she is the director for Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships in association with the Office of the Secretary uh, of the Intergovernment and Ex uh, External Affairs. And she'll clean all of that up and, and make sure <laughs> that we get the right. First of all, welcome to the program, Reverend. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me, Reverend McCraze. And, and of course, I met you because you were one of the panelists here and you yes. were powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was moved. Yes. Uh, you were speaking my language. You were speaking my heart with regard to all things that we need to consider and talk about with regard to, again, uh, the community of people of faith, the yes. faith community, yes. the, the local church. Yes. Uh, and, and what I want us to have a conversation around is I, I, t I tend to talk to people uh, about how does faith empower them and, and equip them when they're dealing with uh, health care challenges primarily cancer patients. Yes. And I know that there is a history of that in your family, right? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, my sister passed away last month, and we buried her last month. Actually, she passed away in October, uh, late October. We buried her um, in November. So that was really, really rough, really rough. And, and you shared some of the, the, the particulars and the dynamics that, you know, that, that you're still sorting through with regard to what ultimately happened there. But one of the things that is important to me is, Given your role, you're you're in the ministry, but you're also working in the community. You're you're let's let's clarify your work and what you do. Thank you for asking. So at the center, uh, which I direct, um, it's all things health and human services. When you think about maternal health, that's one of the five uh, pillars in our wheelhouse. Uh, we're also working on substance um, use disorder, inclusive okay. of overdose prevention. Okay. We're also working um, on youth mental health and mental health. Okay. Uh, we're also um, working, of course, on the continued uh, suicide prevention and the continued work around um, COVID and vaccinations and boosters and encouraging particularly our black people to get vaccinated. And with that, so I want to I cover the philosophical dynamic. One of the dynamics of some of the panel discussion was around still misinformation, uh, not having confidence in some cases with the black community, with the healthcare care uh, mm -hmm. organizations and being uh, fearful of getting vaccinated. Yeah. But the same dynamic is true. And I can tell you after 28 years uh, in, of some cases of individuals uh, from an oncology perspective, I don't know mm -hmm. if I want to go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to do chemotherapy, mm -hmm. but I'll just go home and I'm going to just trust God and mm -hmm. I'm just going to believe God. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the marriage, the appropriate marriage between yeah. the medical community and the faith community and you're familiar with both of those. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I do have to say that my sister who passed away was a woman of faith. Okay. And she originally had that mindset. I'm going home and I trust God. I trust God. And it's nothing wrong with trusting God. No. And um, But there is also, I believe that God has given us doctors. He has anointed hands of doctors okay. uh, to be able to do things that, that on this earth can help us be healed. Um, she took a while before she sought that first chemo, wow. chemo um, therapy treatment. Um, she finally, you know, gave into it. Um, and perhaps because she started seeing things worsening. Now, you know, you're going to hear stories of miracles. That happens. Sure, miracles sure. happen. I do believe in miracles. Yes. At the same time, God has 
anointed doctors to do just that, specialize in whatever ailment that you're going through. And so we as people of faith and particular leaders of faith, we've got to make sure that we create that balance in our approach, in our ministry, in our messaging, in our sermons. Yes. We have to create that because the Bible talks about physicians. Well, I mean, Luke was a physician. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. He's on the first executive team, as far as I'm concerned, of exactly. Jesus Inc. And, and a member of that team is a physician. And he didn't turn him away. No. He didn't turn him away. No. I appreciate that because, again, we continue to, to teach on this platform the balance yes. of those two disciplines that one should not cancel out the other. Absolutely. Uh, people should not feel guilty about seeking medical care that, you know, I'm, I'm, I won't be viewed as a person of faith and that God will, will take issue with that. Again, God has anointed the medical community, doctors, professionals. And, of course, we need to seek uh, a healthcare professional that, number one, we feel we can partner with. Right. Someone that we're comfortable with and who f that we feel like understands us. Right. But at the end of the day, uh, I just want to reinforce this point that you said that, again, Health, wellness needs to become number one a priority in our community. Right, That's what right. this whole conference is exactly. about. <laughs> Let's exactly. talk about that. Yeah, but when you think about faith, what is faith? When we say we have faith in God, we have faith in knowing that God will lead us to the right and appropriate pathway okay. for our healing. Got we it. have faith in God yes. to heal. Yeah. The method he uses is up to him. All right. And we don't get to dictate that. And we that. don't get to dictate that. But he can use a doctor. He Back in the day, he used spit and clay on the ice. <laughs> he told somebody else to go ahead and swim in around that water, dump in that water yeah. seven times. Pool he shallow. took somebody yeah. else and blew in their, blew in their ears. And, <laughs> and so he, he can do whatever he wants. It's not the method. It's the message. Got it. The method will change. He will he will do what it takes in order for us to get to where he wants us to be. And so I'm not lacking faith in God if I decide to get a full physical. I'm not lacking faith in God if I decided to get my eyes checked out. Yeah. I'm either going to get my eyes checked out and get the proper prescription for do, my glasses or I'm going to be blind. Do a mammogram. Do, do a mammogram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Do Have my prostate. Prostate. Uh, test it. Um, I'm going to do those things because it's called wisdom. And wisdom is the principal thing. It's about being proactive. We talk about our spiritual health. Yes. We won't have, you cannot separate spiritual health from mental health, yeah. from physical health. Yeah. It's all one. God is interested in the total man. And in order for us to be on the same page as God, we've got to be able to see that the marriage of faith and science has to happen in order to, for us to be effective. And that's what I wanted to hear. Mm. Going forward, and particularly with the work that you're doing, and I want to say this, that after we're done with this, I want to connect with you with regard to what you're doing to see how we can partner also. I love that idea. Uh, what are some action steps going forward yeah. from a faith community perspective that we need to do a better job into engineer and and recreate the emphasis of what you've just stated to people of faith inside of our congregations. We're not cookie cutters, individuals. Okay. We're all made distinctly in the image of God. Uniquely. And uniquely in the image of God. And so to that point, what worked for Sally 
may not work for Susan. Okay. Right? Okay. Sally may have been, like, for example, I had a, back in New York, there was um, a gentleman that walked off the streets. I did, we did, I, growing up, it was all about mission work with me. Yeah. Um, you know, going to the hospital every Wednesday, um, being up late night in prayer, you know, we believed in praying through. Yeah. And so, you know, my godmother had this, godmother had this work in um, East Harlem. Someone came off the streets, drunk as could be. Okay. Smelled it, it was exuding from his pores. Okay. He fell on his knees. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. But when he got up, he never drank again. Okay. My sister, who was pregnant, using substance, um, using substances, uh, illegal substances. All the way through her eight months. Yeah, you alluded to that on the panel discussion. I was moved by that. Yes, and her daughter didn't have a trace of drugs. Those were miracles. Those were things that God intervened. Sure. On another hand, I had someone in my house of worship who had faith. But she had faith in knowing that God will help guide the hand of the doctor. Okay. To do the surgery. So what I'm saying is... We can't put everybody in the same box, and we have to be careful of how we preach this message of healing. Mm. We have to be careful. I agree. And he will always be Jehovah Rapha. He will never lose his power. He will use others to get us to where we need to be. So we have to make sure we're balanced. Yes, yes. And how we preached the message of healing, not disregarding his power, not disregarding his ability, no. but recognizing that he will use doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists yeah. to help us. Because there's been a huge conversation here that I've been blessed with, and I've done a couple of episodes on this platform around mental health oh. and, and, and how we've got to open Open that conversation We up. have to open it. We have to be honest. Yes. Transparent. Yes. And we need to understand that there's that that does not mean that we are not people of faith because we're saying, listen, we're having some emotional yes. or psychological challenges. Yes. I was moved by the pastor yes. who moderated your session. Oh my gosh. And and his admission of I, I gotta take a sabbatical. Yes. I'm out of whack. Yes. I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. I need to seek some additional support and help to yes. work through this challenge. The point yes. that I want to make here is, with that being said, yes. is, is that is uh, from a leadership perspective, let's yes. talk, you, you're a spiritual leader as yes. well. What are some of the things that we need to do a better job from a spiritual leadership perspective inside of our faith communities? We don't need to be married to our title. Wow. Reverend, doctor. Whoa. And so what? Uh, Apostle, bishop. We don't need to be married to the title. We don't have to feel like we have to live up to a title. We have to live up to the expectations that come from God. So watch this, Pastor. Uh, I I, I call that being faith man or faith woman. And the image in my head is we stand on on top of the mountain with our cape flowing in the air. and We've got the theme music going because we're, we're, we're supposed to be these great, wonderful people that there's nothing wrong and everything is perfect in our life. And the fact of the matter is... We are not faith man. We are not faith. We are not a cartoon character superhero. We're flesh and blood. We are flesh and blood. And Superman even has to retreat every now and then. What? Because Superman gets holes in his cape. 
And we got to realize that because I'm talking to you because I am one that needed and needs mental health care. Okay. Okay. So I lead while bleeding. Wow. We haven't had. Yeah, you said that earlier today. We haven't had a chance to step up and and to really take care of ourselves because of all the things that have been going on during the pandemic. We haven't had a time to to just exhale because of the many needs that have been put our way. But we don't want to admit it. We work over it. We talk over it. We we, we, we even try to preach over it. We do. And then when we go back in our homes, we find ourselves the one crying. We find ourselves, like the pastor said, picking up the bottle. We find ourselves. It's me. Picking up. It's, it's me, oh Lord. It's me, oh Lord, standing, standing in the, the need of prayer. prayer. And that's what we don't want to admit. We have the altar calls. I remember being a, uh, having an altar call and wanting to be the one at the altar <laughs> with somebody praying over me. Because wow. I felt like... I'm up there having this, but I am bleeding. You just don't see it. I'm that woman with the issue of blood. I'm the woman with the issue of blood that had all these bandages covering all this stuff up and praying that you don't see it. But after a while, that stuff seeps through yep. and it's unavoidable and, it's, and it becomes something that all the world sees. And why wait? Intervene now and well, get the health and the mental health that you need. Well, one of the things, and, and, and it was alluded to, and, and I think about this of... You know, and, and during the pandemic, we saw this. How many spiritual leaders that we see that kind of crash and burn right in front of our very eyes? 2,000 pastors per month leave the pulpit. That is an astounding number. 2,000. And that's reported. And, and, you know, their personal lives, you know, their relationships with their wives. And at the end of the day, then that becomes a trickle-down effect into the congregation because at the end of the day, people are struggling with all sorts of health-related issues that they're trying to only and simply pray away and not take other steps that can help them. Counseling, seeing a healthcare professional uh, from an oncology perspective, go see uh, an oncologist. Right. uh, and, And take the necessary steps because somehow I think theologically we separated ourselves from being people of faith connected to God that we can just kind of just wipe that away when we're challenged from a healthcare perspective and the fact of the matter is that's just not true. It's true. There's so much stigma surrounding that. It's just so much stigma surrounding that and I just pray that you know those that are listening here Pastor McCray have a change of thinking. Okay. Have a change of thinking and a change of movement. And in that change of thinking, go see a healthcare professional. See a healthcare professional. If, if there's see an ecologist if that's needed. Not that God won't be with you. Right. And it doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It just means that you have faith in the God to help direct these physicians to do what they've been called to do. Mental health. Go see a therapist if go necessary. Go see a therapist. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Suicide is the second leading cause of death particularly with ages 18 to 35. We have one person die every 11 seconds to suicide. That is amazing. We had over 105,000 deaths to substance use disorder. Yeah. Fentanyl being one of the top culprits. So when you think of that and you think of those stats, it's not just people we see on the street it's happening in our faith in our faith communities so let's be real we need help we need to seek help because it is damaging us as we go it has been my pleasure Mm. and and i i I have been waiting 
patiently all day just to get a chance to sit down oh, and talk to you because I, so great. because I knew that you were going to bring really some, some sound nuggets to, yeah. to this conversation. I, I want everyone uh, to heed the words of this, this woman of faith. She's a pastor. She's also, again, the director of Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. And, uh, and I'm going to give her the last word as we close and wrap up this conversation. One of the worst things we live by in a household was what goes in the, on in the house stays, stays in, in the, the house. house. And that's what almost destroyed me. Because when it, And some things need to come out of the house. Yeah. Because if it doesn't come out of our physical house, it's going to affect our emotional house. It's going to affect our psychological house. Yep. And we're going to carry that baggage with us for the rest of our lives if we don't intervene. Because just like internal bleeding, you have to figure out where the bleeding is coming from yeah. or you'll go into shock. Yeah. Thus, that shock... Um, equating that to the emotional bleeding has led many pastors to leave their pastorship. So I want to encourage our families, our black and brown families, okay. to recognize that the things that are going on in your house need to come out of the house, even if that means allowing even your youth, even your children to get mental health care. Today you, you have heard you have heard from Reverend Dr. Q English. Again, she is the director of Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships uh, out of the Department of uh, Health and Human Services. It has been my pleasure and my privilege. My pleasure. And let's stay connected. Let's yes. talk about, again, let's talk about how we can partner. Yes, sounds great. Yeah, sounds and great. I look forward to uh, more engagement. Today, you have heard this conversation on health, hope, and inspiration. Take care. God bless. And we've got some things we need to talk about, and we'll do that with Pastor P here coming up on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. But we are announcing that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to this community, the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in just five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. I'll repeat that. Quiet your mind. Relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, HHI to 22433. And we believe you'll be blessed and encouraged through this free subscription to the Abide Meditation app. Well, Percy, uh, we do have a lot to talk about from that conversation you had with, uh, with uh, Q English, Dr. Q English. But I want to start with the uh, reference to the sabbatical that you mentioned at the top of the program today. Was this a part of the panel discussion? So the facilitator of this particular panel discussion, they all had facilitators that then pitched questions to the members of the panel. Uh, started out by opening uh, the fact that, you know, he was he was and is pastoring a very successful relatively large uh, congregation, but that during uh, a certain period of time that he mentally uh, and emotionally began to wear down and break down and then openly acknowledged that he started drinking very heavily mm. and then got to a place where he did not want to go to church to be the pastor, mm. that he began to suffer through some depression and some mental anxiety and that he realized that he needed help. And so he asked his church, he said he sat down and talked with his deacons and his trustees and said that he needed to take a sabbatical. And they granted him that without it being detrimental to still being the leader of the congregation. 
And what he was trying to communicate was the fact that he had to own up to the fact, though I am the man of faith and I am the spiritual leader, uh, as I like to call them, faith man, because I remember the day when I was in that position, uh, mentally, sometimes you tend to think that, you know, you're a superhero with a cape flowing in the wind <laughs> and with a theme song in the background because you are the man of God. You know, you've been called and anointed to lead right. a congregation. But underneath that, you are still human. You yeah. still work through dynamics. And I recall, Wayne, I don't know about you, just reading the countless amount of stories of pastors who mentally, emotionally, and sure. physically wore down, yep. and in some cases actually passed away because of the effects of COVID. He talked about openly how he needed to literally have a sabbatical to regroup and to address some of his issues from a humanity perspective, and how it is time for our spiritual leaders to become forthright and honest about that. It doesn't uh, take away the fact that we're not called, uh, that we still do not have, uh, you know, a purpose in our life, but that we are human just like everyone else. And I thought it was the most candid and transparent conversation I ever heard I'm in my life. I'm glad you were there to hear it. What did Dr. English say about uh, Superman's cape? She said, and again, because I use the expression, you know, uh, faith man is is always there, right? She said, but even even Superman gets holes in his cape from time to time. <laughs> and it's absolutely true. Yeah. And of course, when we use that analogy, we have to remember that Superman had kryptonite, that there was something that also he had to deal with from time to time that would weaken him. We need to remember at the end of the day, our spiritual leaders are human beings, just yeah. like we are. They are flesh and blood. Well, the unspoken part of that story of that sabbatical is the fact that congregation supported him, it sounds like. That is exactly right, and allowed him to come back. And I think that that was the big takeaway. One of the other panel discussions dealt with this and addressed that. Uh, there was a particular young lady there who uh, talked about being kind of an, a community advocate and a spiritual leader. And she also began to wear down from the day-to-day -day grind of public speaking and traveling and, and community organizations. And that she said that uh, she also had to take time away. It was a, a senior pastor from New York uh, a husband and wife team that said that uh, this current generation that we live in is not expecting our spiritual leaders to be perfect. They just want them to be open and honest and be transparent with them, that they will support honesty and transparency. What they will not support is dishonesty. And then we find out later on behind the scenes, there are things that are breaking down in their lives and that they misrepresented themselves. So again, this was a very honest conference. Good, I, I've never good. really sat to hear that type of level of honesty with regard to this dynamic. So again, uh, dealing with and addressing the mental, emotional, and physical health of our spiritual leaders and thus the faith community at large. Well, I'm grateful you had that one-on-one -on -one time with Dr. English, which you brought to us today to share in. So thank you for doing that. But what what's your personal takeaway from your conversation with her? Well, again, she also expressed how she has had a history of mental health issues in her family. And one of the things that she said growing up is that, you know, she was told, and I can relate to this to a certain extent, that what happens in the house stays in the house. You know, we don't let any of that information get out into the public square. And she said that absolutely devastated her family because there were so many issues uh, that needed to be addressed from a, a public health perspective, but never really received the attention because it was all kept uh, in secrecy. And so one of the takeaways I think that is important, and obviously we all need to be mindful and careful uh, and sensitive to how much information we put into the public, is at the end of the day, there are some things that we probably need to have more discussion about and address 
and maybe unpack with someone, someone that we trust, someone that's a healthcare professional, someone that, again, is beyond just our spiritual leaders so that we can get a a, a sense of what's going on with us and address maybe some, some issues. She said that many of our leaders today uh, are leading while they're bleeding. Mm. And I thought it was an amazing statement yeah. at the end of the day. But what is causing the bleeding? She said, we won't address that. We won't talk about it. And therefore, it's just spilling over. And we need to seek help because it is damaging us as we go. And I took away from that as well, becoming more honest and transparent of what am I experiencing? What am I feeling? Am I under stress? Am I under pressure? Uh, and again, we, we translate that into our physical health as well. If you have symptoms, if your body is saying something to you that seems abnormal, don't ignore that. Go talk with someone. Go seek out a, a, a professional uh, opinion about what's going on with you. And don't just sit and say, I'm going to pray this away and I'm just going to trust God for a better day hmm. because it's, it's literally killing us mentally, right. emotionally, and physically. And Dr. English was sharing all of this with the backdrop of her own personal family struggle as well, her own sister who had just recently passed away. Well, she was very candid and upfront. She shared the fact that her sister had contracted cancer and that she uh, had decided not to receive medical treatment and care. And she said this is part of her work that she's doing in the community. And as a result, you know, she waited until things really became very aggressive and later stage, and then she opted to do uh, medical treatment and care. But initially, she said she would not do that. She would not seek a doctor. She would not talk with mm -hmm. a doctor. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, she passed away uh, from her cancer. And so she says, we've got to change this dynamic. We have to stop waiting until it's an emergency situation. I think one of the shows that we've done uh, not too long ago is, you know, believing God for a miracle. We believe in miracles and we believe God performs miracles. But in some cases, miracles are a result of people who have negated to do the things that they need to do initially. And then now they're relegated right. to only needing and believing God for a miracle. So with that being said, it's it's addressing topics and 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 dealing with subject matter, Wayne, that we just normally don't talk about in the faith mm -hmm. community and mm -hmm. in our local church circles. Yep. Well, thanks for bringing it to us. Now, our resource goes hand in hand with this, obviously. It's called Knowledge is Power. I mentioned this earlier. Tell me what's in it. Yeah, this is a great resource. It's it's basically providing information about, and again, of course, our audience specifically is, is cancer patients, uh, around cancer, certain things that we should know and understand, some statistics, some data, uh, things that will help kind of keep cancer top of mind. You know, I want to remind everyone, prior to COVID-19, cancer was the number one conversation in the healthcare community. Hmm. And then, you know, it appeared that cancer just went away because we were so fixated on COVID-19 for obvious reasons. But when we, quote unquote, came on the other side of COVID-19, we now found out statistically that cancer incident numbers rose because we were no longer talking about it. Right. We were no longer dealing with that. We were not seeing our, our, our healthcare provider. So this document is designed to kind of give people some basic facts and, uh, and insight around what cancer is, how it operates, 
And when we know better, we hopefully will do better. And when we're more familiar with a topic, we won't be so afraid of the topic. That is the designation and design of this resource. Take a look at this. Knowledge is power. It's at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can download it. You can print it. You can print as many copies as you want to share with others, but it's there for your use. Knowledge is power at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Okay, you opened with Luke chapter 4, verse 23. Can we take another look at that? In, in lieu of the conversation that uh, Dr. Q gave us as a spiritual leader, as a community advocate, one of the things that sometimes uh, has been hindering uh particularly leaders in the faith community is that, you know, we can heal ourselves. You know, we'll just we'll just uh, tap into our spiritual anointing that 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 has allowed us to be called to be spiritual leaders. But at the end of the day, that does not necessarily take away our mental, emotional and physical challenges as a human that needs to be addressed. So listen to this scripture. It says this. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you have heard uh, me do in Capernaum. And it's really addressing, in my opinion, the dynamic of just because I'm a faith leader or I'm a person of faith, that I can just magically make things disappear out of my own personal life, mental, emotional, physical, relational for that matter, that, you know, because uh, I am anointed and called, but the fact of the matter is, I'm flesh and blood. I'm just a human being just like you. And that, you know, I can't heal myself. I need to begin to look at and address the dynamic of seeking professional help from a medical perspective, from a psychological perspective, from an emotional perspective. And we need to get rid of the stigma around that. If we need help, we should ask for it and we should seek it at the end of the day. Well said. All right. Well, next week, we'll be back with another episode of Health, Hope and Inspiration. Percy, any final word for us today? Well, the final word is we've got a lot of work to do, Wayne. Don't be afraid of the medical community. Don't run from the medical community. Run to the medical community and know that when we do our part, God will do his part. So you have work to do. So keep chopping the wood and stay encouraged. Thank you, Reverend Percy McRae. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. 
Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.